I can remember having the desire to start a Thanksgiving tradition with my friends, something that would happen after the big Thanksgiving dinners we would have with our families. I guess I started having that idea in my teenage years, when I was old enough to go out and do something after Thanksgiving dinner. I remember the idea centering around a movie. I thought it would be a great way to end Thanksgiving if I got to get together with my friends and watch a Christmas movie, a holiday flick. But what movie? In my mind, the parameters were pretty simple. It should be something that everybody likes, no specialty movies that some people might not enjoy, and I thought it should be a classic. The movie I landed on, in my mind, was perfect. It checked all the boxes. The movie was a connection to my youth, because I remember going to see it in the theaters with my mother, and it was well-liked by everybody. And I liked it, too, but it just wasn't a part of my regular Christmas viewing schedule at that point. The movie was Home Alone. But for some reason, that idea to have a regular after-Thanksgiving tradition with my friends never really came together. Was it the movie? Or was it something else? You Can't Cancel Christmas, a limited series from Long Island's holiday music station, Walk 97.5. The more I think about my thwarted plan, the more I think about why that notion entered my mind to begin with. And I think it has to do with my desire to be inclusive. I had two great friends growing up. I was very close with both of them, Nikki and Jimmy. I had known Nikki longer than I had known Jimmy, and for years, Nikki and I shared a love of a particular Christmas movie. A movie that, to this day, I still refer to as my favorite Christmas movie of all time. And when we became friends with Jimmy, I guess I didn't like the idea that he was missing out on this thing that Nikki and I were sharing. So. I guess I wanted to create this other idea that could be a thing that all three of us could share. But it never really happened. Nikki and I continued our strange obsession with the movie we loved. But that picture-perfect Thanksgiving night of getting together at Jimmy's house to watch Home Alone never materialized. Honestly... I don't even think we did that one time in our lives. And there's probably a million reasons why it never happened, but I often jokingly consider if it was because we made the wrong movie choice. Would all three of us still be setting aside time each Thanksgiving night to get together if we had planned to watch something else? I guess not, but it does make me think about the role Christmas movies play in our excitement of the season. I don't actually remember the first Christmas movie I ever saw. In the last episode, I talked about my Christmas tape, a VHS that I still watch every year, and I started compiling sometime in the early 80s. The first thing 
that is longer than a 22-minute cartoon episode on that tape is Mickey's Christmas Carol. That's not a movie, per se, but it was an extended story that captured my attention at a very young age. One of my earliest Christmas memories is of sitting on the carpet in my parents' bedroom watching Mickey's Christmas Carol on the VCR, taped off of the TV onto the same tape that I still watch today. Honestly, I didn't know that I wasn't watching a movie movie. To me, it wasn't a cartoon. It wasn't a regular Disney cartoon, not only because it was a little longer, but because the cartoon characters I knew were playing other characters that I didn't know. And they were telling this emotional, sometimes scary, but ultimately wonderful story. And it just filled me with the Christmas spirit every time I watched it. And it still does. Another memory from roughly the same time period in my life is the memory of my father telling me about another Christmas Carol movie. I was very, very young, so it was hard to grasp that there was another Christmas Carol that was not Mickey Mouse. This time, it was some guy named Alistair Sin. Alistair Sin. Even today, whenever I hear that name, I hear it in my father's voice. His voice from 1982 or 1983. I remember sleeping in my parents' bedroom on Christmas Eve those years. Because usually, I slept in the living room. And my parents didn't want me to get woken up by Santa delivering the presents. So once a year, my brother and I would have to sleep in my parents' room on the floor. I feel like we did this every year, but it might have only been one year. And in my memories, every time we did it, the room would be hotter than the blazes of hell... My father would be snoring so loud that I couldn't fall asleep. And there on the TV would be this scary, older version of A Christmas Carol. I realize now that I might be only remembering one Christmas Eve of my life, but I can still feel the heat of the room and hear my father's snore whenever I see the Alistair Christmas Carol on TV. I guess that memory had a profound impact on the way I perceived and received Christmas movies as I grew older. In actuality, the Christmas movies I remember growing up were all versions of A Christmas Carol. There was a point in my life that I didn't even really understand or grasp that there were other Christmas movies out there. This is going to sound strange from someone that loves Christmas as much as I do and someone that's trying to convince you that it's impossible to cancel Christmas, but I never watched most of the Christmas movies that people talk about when I was a kid. I didn't see most of the classics until I was an adult. I loved two things. 
I loved Christmas episodes of TV shows. Almost any TV show. Even TV shows I didn't like. If they had a Christmas special, I wanted to watch it. And I loved movies that were adaptations of A Christmas Carol. I had never seen A Christmas Story. I had never seen It's a Wonderful Life. I've never seen White Christmas or any of the others that are popping into your mind right now as I list all the movies that I didn't watch as a kid. In fact, my Christmas tape only has one feature film on it. The rest is cartoon specials and sitcoms. Strange highlights of football games played around Christmas time and sitcoms. And a videotape of the Christmas fireworks at the Magic Kingdom and sitcoms. From The Honeymooners to Married with Children, The Simpsons and Mr. Belvedere, Family Ties and Frasier. Not all of my favorites, but everything I can get before the time of streaming and video on demand. All those specials and one Christmas movie. The same Christmas movie that I watched almost every day after school with my friend Nikki. We would fill a bowl, a big bowl with Cheetos that we bought from Beorties, 25 cents a bag, and laugh hysterically at Bill Murray in Scrooged. Now that I'm older, I've expanded my horizons on Christmas movies, although there are many, many more that I haven't seen that would surprise you. But there is something special about a person's favorite Christmas movie. If a Christmas song sparks a memory, you travel back for a brief moment, and within a few minutes, you're back. But when a passionate person talks about their favorite Christmas movie, what starts as a trip down memory lane becomes a journey through time. Hey, it's Raven. I know that this is probably a, a popular choice for Christmas movies, but A Christmas Story, to me, it's always the ultimate Christmas film. A couple different reasons. Number one, I can remember going to see it in theaters with my mother when I was younger. That's right. In theaters. Yeah. And it was just me and her, I remember. And my brother and sister uh, were kept at home or not born or whatever. <laughs> you know, the memory is a little bit foggy at this point. But that was a big deal, right? I used to go everywhere with my mom. My first concert, the movies, all that stuff. So I remember that movie vividly and going to see it. But um, the main thing is is just uh, all the simple things that, that are in there year after year that really speak to my heart. You know, it's funny. When you're young, you remember the gifts and the surprises and so forth. But I, I really remember, you know, the ultimate surprises when you ask for something that you thought you would never get or you didn't ask for something because you thought you would never get it, and then it just shows up by surprise. I can remember very, um, very well getting Atari the first video game system that was really in everybody's home. That was an exciting year. That was fantastic. I, I can remember um, right where we lived and the house that we were in at that point. And uh, my family didn't have a lot at that point, but we had enough to get Atari, and that was a big plus. And I remember everybody had it around me, but I hadn't really asked because I knew that we, we weren't all that well-to-do. So that was a big one for me. And, and I feel the same way when Ralphie thinks all his gifts 
have been opened, but his dad knows that there's just one more secret around the back. You know, the dad in the movie very much seems like the guy who barely knows what's going on, only gets his information kind of spoon-fed him from mom about the kids and about everyday life. And, you know, the busier I am, the older I get, a lot of times that translates directly to my life. But dad was paying attention. He did get that gift. And that scene makes me smile every single time that I watch it. Um, The decoder ring scene where you're learning about (laughs) advertising and uh, the cruel tricks that the world will play on you to get you interested in something. It's funny. How that just makes sense to me now more than ever as we're bombarded by message after message. Uh, the leg lamp, I have one. I actually have two. I have a nightlight and a larger one, and this year I'm due for an upgrade. Uh, the Bumpus is hounds. Um, those dogs are crazy. They get in there. They get the turkey, all that. I mean, I just I love every one of these scenes. And then the furnace. <laughs> and when he gets that far-off look in his eyes, when you say, Dad, well, Dad, Dad, guess what I got you for Christmas this year? And he just looks off with a gaze in his eyes and says, a new furnace. I know that feeling of when you have to repair or replace something that's major like that and the cost it's going to be. And those are the, the, the things that you get excited about when you get older. Um, we just had a roof put on my house this year. And boy, it would have been great if Santa brought me a roof. And then uh, dad's twisted types of swears coming from the basement as the furnace would explode. Some people can sculpt in, in clay or worked with paints or watercolors. My dad was an Oldsmobile man. I mean, I love all these lines. A can of Simon Eyes, a great gift for anybody for Christmas. That's my favorite Christmas movie. Mike, thanks for having me. I laugh about it now when I consider that my perception of Christmas classics is almost split into two separate lifetimes. There was a period of time when I couldn't or I didn't allow myself to get swept away by any Christmas movie other than Scrooged. And then there was a moment when I got dragged away from that thinking. I got forced to see things from a different perspective by another Christmas movie. A movie that has now become my second favorite Christmas movie of all time. And once I saw it, it was like I had my eyes opened. It was like, yes, there is more to the magic of Christmas than just the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. There was more to the Christmas spirit and the Christmas spirit. There was a whole other level of storytelling that went beyond Scrooge gets an Oscar or... It's a Bundyful life. In fact, most of my favorite TV episodes or Christmas specials were just adaptations of other full-length Christmas movies and stories. But it took a wonderful creative telling of an old classic to get me to see the light, as it were. Jim Carrey in The Grinch. After I saw that movie in theaters, it was like I was being told that it was okay to love the other tales. It was okay to get a dose of Christmas spirit from other movies like Elf and Love the Coopers. And yes, even 
the old-time classics, It's a Wonderful Life and A Christmas Story. But what is it about our favorite Christmas movies that make them our favorite Christmas movies? Now that I can honestly measure it against all the others, I can think about that question clearly. And the answer doesn't lie in the movie or the message of the story. The answer is wrapped in the memory. Where does it bring you? Who does it make you think of? If you really consider all the elements, your favorite Christmas movie is a tether. It's a connection made stronger by the person you have become and the piece of yourself that still exists in the past where you were when you were watching it with your brother or your sister or your grandparents or your mother or your father. Part of you still exists there and always will. Now, I know 2020 seems like it's the longest year that you've ever been through in your life, but you know what? I don't think you should rush through the end of the year because the best part of any year is the month of December because, of course, that's when Christmas time is. Hi, I'm John Lynch from Walk 97.5, and one of my favorite things about Christmas time is the movie A Christmas Story, a Christmas classic. Every year on Christmas Eve, they start the 24-hour marathon where it's on all day through Christmas Day. And I always have it on in my house, not just because it's a great movie, which it is. So many great scenes. You'll shoot your eye out, sticking the tongue to the flagpole, the leg lamp, fragile, just a great, great movie. But it's also kind of personal to me because Gene Shepard, who wrote the movie and is the narrator in the movie, he was in radio for a lot of years. He started in the 50s and was on the radio all the way through the mid-80s. And my dad was a, such a big fan of Gene Shepard. He listened to him every night. And I can remember when I was a little kid listening to his radio show with my dad. It's one of my earliest memories and probably what got me interested in radio in the first place. So every time I see the movie, I think of my dad. And my dad actually passed away in December a few years ago. And every year around Christmas time, it's bittersweet because my dad's not here anymore. But the memories of that movie and the memories of Gene Shepard's radio show brings my dad back to me a little bit. And that's kind of the magic of Christmas because it's not always happy memories. Sometimes it's bittersweet memories, but they're memories that are a part of you. And that's such an important part of this time of year. It's remembering those people who aren't here anymore and, of course, making the most of the time you have with the people who are still here. So I definitely get why a lot of people out there want to turn the page on 2020 and move on to 2021 and hopefully better times for all of us. And I do believe 2021 is going to be better times for all of us. But don't turn the calendar too quickly. It's Christmas time. It's a special time. It's always going to be a special time no matter what's going on in the world. Put on your favorite Christmas movie, whether it's A Christmas Story or Elf or A Miracle on 34th Street or Christmas Vacation, whatever your favorite Christmas movie is, whatever your favorite Christmas song is, whatever your favorite Christmas activity is, Still do it and make the most of it this year. And if you happen to get a BB gun for Christmas this year, make sure you wear eye protection because you know, well, you know what can happen. And I know this Christmas I'm going to be watching a Christmas story and thinking about my dad like I do every year. And that's why you can't cancel Christmas. 
Scrooged is my favorite Christmas movie. It's my favorite Christmas movie because it bridges the gap between my first and earliest memories of Christmas, being introduced to the Dickens classic by Mickey Mouse, my teenage years, and my best friend, who also loved Scrooged. And it bridges the gap to my life today as an adult, where I continually reassess and renew my love and appreciation for Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. The story itself, how it impacts my view of myself, my view of society, my feelings about my relationship with my father, and how I look at the value of love. Now, I can watch Scrooged on my Christmas tape. I could watch it on any TV that connects to the internet or any screen of computer. Or I could even watch Scrooge on a little tiny screen that I carry around in my pocket. I could watch it anywhere in the world at any time. In fact, I've seen Scrooge so many times that I could practically rewatch it in my mind's eye at any moment even if I had no access to any screen or electricity. And when I think of Bill Murray, at the end of that movie, singing Deck the Halls spontaneously on the set and everybody joining in, it makes me think about when I got to do something similar, hosting a tree lighting, having to stall because Santa Claus was running a little bit late, I had to sing Christmas carols, and I asked the crowd, What Christmas song should we sing next? Bows of holly, fa la 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 Tis the season to be jolly, fa la 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 Don't we know our day is Christmas movie, and I've been waiting my whole life to do something like that. That was an actual recording from the town of Brookhaven tree lighting that I hosted just a few years ago, and I got to lead a spontaneous performance of Deck the Halls, just like Bill Murray in Scrooge. And when I watch that movie, I get that feeling that he talks about in his speech at the end. It's a miracle, and I believe in it. And if you believe in it, it can happen for you too. It's a great, good feeling, and it's better than I felt in a long time. And that's why you can't cancel Christmas. Coming up, Jacob... Thelonious Marley, Bob Cratchit, and Ebenezer Scrooge in Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol as we get closer and closer to Christmas Eve and the arrival 
of Santa Claus. On the next episode of You Can't Cancel Christmas. 